Today we're continuing in a sermon series, The Divine Drama, as we explore how angels are part of the story leading up to Jesus' birth and how they are part of our story too. People have believed in angels over the centuries, and there seems to be an increased interest in them here in America. A CBS survey taken a few years ago found that nearly eight out of ten people believe in angels. Touched by an angel. It happens. Many people are longing to explore deeper aspects of their being and soul. And many people want to see an angel. But as the Apostle Paul reminds us, we are looking all the times not at the visible things, but at the invisible. The visible things are transitory. It is the invisible things that are really permanent. Or as he says, and as he states in the great love chapter of 1 Corinthians 13, now we see dimly, but then we shall see face to face. We want the presence of God to be tangible. Something we can put our hands on and touch. Something we can see with our eyes and know is there beyond the shadow of a doubt. But that is seldom the way it works. The presence of God is a mystery. And it's elusive to our grasp. Yet, as I have suggested, most all of us want to be touched in some deep and meaningful way. So let's turn to Joseph in our passage that Melanie read for us, which we read every year at this time, and see how he was touched by an angel. But first, a true story. I shared it once before, but it bears repeating. During the holidays, a fourth grade Sunday school class wrote, directed, and acted in a Christmas pageant at the Second Presbyterian Church in Charleston, South Carolina. It opened with the scene at the end. Joseph and Mary ask for a room overlooking Bethlehem. The innkeeper says, Can't you see the no vacancy sign? And Joseph says, Yes, but can't you see that my wife is expecting a baby any minute? And the innkeeper says, Well, that's not my fault. And Joseph says, Well, it's not mine either. You know the story according to the record of Matthew. Joseph discovers that his fiancée, Mary, is pregnant, and being the nice man that he, was, that he was, he decided to dismiss her quietly without disgrace. But then in a dream, an angel appeared to him and told him God was the father, and that with such good news, everything was okay for Joseph. Or was it? You see, we don't really get Joseph's perspective, these are the words written about Joseph from a much later time. Most of the time when we hear the story, we do so sentimentally in the warm glow of the season and think to ourselves, gee, that Joseph was one nice guy. He just took it all so well and went along with everything very quietly and with a smile. I'd like to offer a slightly different perspective. Because I doubt it went as smoothly as the summative account written many years later makes it appear. I suspect that when 
Joseph, if, if we take it to be true, now there are different ways to look at this, but if we take the story at face value and that Mary was a virgin, but Joseph didn't know that she got pregnant from God, what would the first reaction be? My guess is he was pretty upset, as many people would be. He was angry. He was disappointed, dejected. Couldn't imagine being betrayed. It was a hard feeling he might have gone through. We don't know, but we can only imagine what he must have felt, the embarrassment, the discouragement, and then to have this dream, to have a strange dream where this angel tells him that God will, has overshadowed her and that this is to be God's son and to just take it all so quietly. I wonder. I wonder how it really was. We'll never know. But I suspect that if Joseph was anything like most men, it wasn't quite as easy as we often take it to be. You see, initially, it was a lose-lose proposition, not a win-win. I don't know about you, but when I envision angels, I think of things like peace and comfort, joy and tranquility. And that's often what we want. And I have occasionally been touched like that. But more often than not, it's been a hard message at first. A hard message or a strange one. And I feel this unpleasant knot in my stomach from an unpleasant truth or calling. Messages from God are often hard at first as perhaps it was for Joseph. Yet it's for the long-term good and growth that we call a blessing. When I say to someone, may God bless you, and we say that to each other, right? We say, may God bless you. And we think that that means that life's going to be easy. But think about it. The next time you ask God to bless somebody, keep in mind, God may have a hard message for them at first. One that's a little tough to take. But is for their long-term good. That's precisely what happened with Jacob in our other passage that Rick read for us. Listen to how Madeline Lingle retells the story called Jacob and the angel. Mortal and angel wrestle through the night, Jacob struggling wildly, wondering why an angel should choose a man for this strange fight. The crystal ladder breaks the fragile sky as angels watch the two throughout the dark. Towards dawn, the angel smites tired Jacob's thigh. Forever will he bear the wound and mark. God's messenger has left him. And the light of all the watching angels rises high. The crystal ladder breaks the fragile sky. The world is hushed and still. The earth is stark, astonished at the angel's choice and Jacob's cry. 
Forever will he bear the wound and mark. The Lord is left to show his humble might. All those who wrestle thus might surely die. To live once more to show the wound's strange sight. The crystal ladder breaks the fragile sky as angels rise and fall. The sinking lark heralds the wild sun's brightly rising eye. Forever will he bear the wound and mark. Warn Jacob limps to show that God passed by. The crystal ladder breaks the fragile sky and light shines bright within the glowing dark. Forever will he bear the wound and mark. How many of you bearing the wound of God know that you bear that wound in a strange yet wonderful way? How do we wrestle with God? I'm convinced that when we struggle with life's greatest difficulties, we, in a very real sense, are struggling with God. How we do that, I'm not sure. It will probably be in the unfolding of our lives. But when we do, I am certain we will be touched by an angel. And in the discovery, see how our identity has been changed. You are no longer Jacob. You shall be called Israel. And you. And you. And you. You are no longer going to live for self. You are that wonderful child. God has created you and called you to be. So where will your struggle lead you? Robert Raines, in a piece called Christmas is Coming, writes, Christmas is coming, and it's the time of children again, wide-eyed wonders and whispered secrets, greens and wreaths, crushes and candles, cards at the door, carols in the air, and questions parents can't answer. Why can't dogs laugh? Why is snow cold and why is Jesus' birthday? Oh, let us, old ones, be like children again. Questions, struggle, and dreams. That's the terrain where angels dare to tread. Have you ever laid awake in bed at night, unable to sleep? No? Hmm. Or have you ever been half awake and half asleep? That's not always bad. Because sometimes, sometimes that's the only time God can get our attention. The intangible meets the tangible in a gossamer of hope and promise. We don't control it, but when we're open, we can receive it, and we are touched. Angels are so big these days. In the commercial world, they're bringing in lots of money. People want guardian angels 
for this and for that. We all want to be touched. So many inner selves are empty. So many souls are searching. And in the mystery of incarnation, we glimpse the connecting of the divine and the human. In that sense, Jesus is the most incredible angel of all. Have you ever thought of that? The most basic definition of an angel is a messenger. A messenger. In fact, the Greek word is the same for angel and messenger. Same word. Messenger. In the Bible, those two ideas, messenger and angel, are interchangeable at least a hundred times. So you see, Jesus was the most incredible messenger sharing messages both ways, from God to us and from us to God. And in the incarnation, he comes to us in our struggle. Jesus didn't come to a perfect world, but a world where people were and are in need. And God touched the world in Jesus Christ. And God touches the world of our lives even now. I saw an angel just the other day. Oh, not a real one. Just happened to be at the mall, one of the stores. A true angel is a messenger of God. You've probably seen them before. It's just that you didn't recognize them as they brought various messages to you from God. During a hard or difficult time, has someone brought you a word or a gesture which touched you in a profound way of love? When you were so low, you could barely believe there was any light or reason for living, did someone extend a hand to help lift you up and to bring your spirit up? When you were so full of yourself and you, your way of seeing was the only way of seeing something, did someone come and prick your pride and cut you down to size a bit, showing you a need for true humility in the presence of God and others. Well, those examples may well have been experiences with angels. It's just you weren't aware. This is a season of angels. We unpack them from boxes We decorate. They're on street posts, Christmas cards, the top of trees. But you know something? True angels are never out of season. They can come any time of year. Not, I'm not talking about the ones with wings and halos. But the kind that come in all sizes, shapes, and colors. For this is the season to renew our faith that God is sending messages all the time. All the time. And my hope and prayer for each of you is that you will share a message worthy of an angel. And that you will be touched by an angel. So I want to close with words expressive of profound insight and encouragement by Robin E. Van Cleef. It's a mystery, Lord, in the midst of a season of mysteries defying reason 
How could God be human or bread be flesh or wine blood? When I am tempted thus to fantastic flights of theological speculation, remind me, Lord, through human things, like straw and swaddling claws, that incarnation comes and God shows divine life through human lives like yours and mine. May it be so for each of us in the living out of our lives. Oh, and one more thing. Do keep a lookout. And you just might be touched by an angel. Amen.